if, uh, if you've ever uh, wondered what you're up to, there's, uh, and it's kind of important to know what you're doing, you know? Uh, some of you spend a lot of time doing it, or being in the center of it, and uh, if you, uh, if you look in Romans 12, we've been over and over and over regarding the offering. At the end, uh, offering your body, which makes you a living sacrifice. That's what you're doing, you're going to be a living sacrifice. And then it says here, don't be conformed to the world. You can't do that either without God. So he's pressing you into uh, to the, the impossible. And keep that in mind. Uh, you're doing the most significant thing that's happening, and it's impossible for you to do it, but you have to be there while he does it in you, which is contrary to even the way we've operated, and it's one of the hardest things we've done. I've spent a lot of time talking about other members, uh, other churches, but we're all the... We're all God's children, and there's always a variety of levels. And and the but the 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 issue that your heavenly Father would like to see coming forth in me and, and in you is that we were would be living proof, evidence. There's evidence, you know. Somebody said. Uh, I used to say, if they had a detective agency and they came out here looking for holiness, they, they would, uh, it would take them quite a, fine, quite a while to find it. I don't feel like that anymore. I'm very sure that there's a, a large element of those who really want to grow up uh, by the power of God and, and His, to, you know, because the Spirit is directing it, because it says this. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. Why? So you can prove. Living evidence. Where you sit, the way you walk, the way you do. And, uh, you know, with the, with the circumstances of uh, individuals thinking sometimes this is a free-for-all out here and, you know, there's no order, no direction. <laughs> there, there, is, there is more... Uh, of a caring and a tendency than we have ever had. Uh, and it's because God himself has been faithful to us and he's breaking us uh, with this task. But I want to read this because in order to be evidence, you have to know that it's his will and the degree of his will, uh, and, I, and I've taken some things out of uh, Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1 is pregnant with the phenomenal uh, wonder of God. Uh, it's just, it's hard to beat it, and it's worth reading again and again. But here are these, now, I've taken them out of uh, three verses, and I think on Zoom, I don't apologize for reading them in several Zooms. Uh, but in verse 5 of Ephesians 1, it says, having predestined us, 
unto the adoption of children. And that's good stuff. I'm an adopted child. How? By Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. This is what God has done. He, he is his pleasure to nurture and take care of the likes of us. I think that's good news, wouldn't you say? And we need to get that, you know, tattooed uh, somewhere in our brain during the tough times, because these are the tough times. It never, if, if, your, if your heart is to go forward, it, this, these are tough times. You're, you're that evidence. Verse 9 says, Having made known unto us the mystery of his will. Now, I don't know how many of you could really articulate the, the mystery aspect of iniquity and the mystery of, of, of holiness. But he's, he's made it known to us. You can know that. And, and here, here, listen to the context of it. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, this is just grandiose, which he purposed in himself. Now, you cannot take away God's purpose. You know, I mean, because he's such a good father, you can delay it, you can go to the left and right, but uh, ultimately, you're going to have to show up uh, with him over you. And so there's, there's really no, we're kind of cornered. <laughs> and uh, and it's, a, it's a corner of mercy and love, even if we're squalling. I mean, you know, I've told this story once before, but some of you are new around here, and some probably forgot. My daughter, when I picked her up out of a mud puddle in the back of our house in California, we were headed to the beach. She had never been to the beach. She fought me with everything she had. She arched her back and she said, now I was breaking up her mud puddle. And that's just about the size of it. That's just about the size of it with us. We, we would rather play in the mud puddle of this world. And so God wants us to hate our life here. And the last one, I just picked three, because they all have to do with his will. You're doing the will of God. You're evidence of God. We hear it. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance. I, you know, when I found out, you know, I got a call, my dad said, I've got, I've got something for you. Well, I didn't know what it was, but anytime somebody has something for us, unless one of you says, I want to, I've got something I want to say to you, or I say to you. But, you know, David scared me the other day when he called me in the conference. But when my dad said, I've got something for you, God has something for you. Joint airship. I said it loud for the, for the heart of hearing. Uh, and, and there's nothing more wonderful because he, 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 he enjoyed doing this. He's enjoying it. Right now, a lot more than I am. Uh, I don't want to be negative, but this isn't uh, straight enjoyment. Could you say amen to that? Thanks. The rest of them, you know, you like the zombies. 
but in whom we have obtained an inheritance, having predestinated according to the purpose of him who works all things after the counsel of his own will. So what are you doing out here? You're doing the will of God. That's what you're doing. And if you're not doing the will of God, you need to go do something else. Because sometimes it's not, this isn't fun-filled. It costs you your life. And God bless you. God bless us tonight, Father. We thank you for the wonder of what we're, <laughs> why we have to say hide us. Hide us because we're, we're a despicable example of all your wonder at times. But we all know that when if we find ourselves in you, we absolutely give you pleasure because it's your will in Jesus' name. Had a funny experience. <clears throat> Last couple times, well, one in Lubbock, I I found myself. It was the second service. I came in late to the first service because we got delayed in Atlanta, and so I missed the first 45 minutes of the opening service of the convention. And so I got in. I went the next morning, and uh, I was standing there in the praise service. Uh, really uh, not wanting to speak and actually then um, the, the prof this prophecy came uh, something that exactly that I was going to say and but still I'm having an argument in my mind of reasons not to get up and a second prophecy came and then the very ending of what I was going to say in the message was prophesied and I was standing there and quite, I, was think, I was trying to come up with reasons not to get up. And um, anyway, I, I did get up. And then tonight I came hoping really not to get up. Um, I don't know why. I'm just a baby, I guess. But I just, you know, sometimes you just don't want to get up. And um, anyway, uh, Brother Bill started out with the, a ver the verse I was going to go to. So I, here I am. Um, I'm going to try to circumcise this because Diana was talking about circumcising her notes. So I, I took that as a cue to, to circumcise. Um, the scripture that I was going to go to um, is the one in, in Ephesians 1 verse 5. And I, I, I just want to underline it. Uh, you know, Bill said it clearly. Um, it, when it says, I'll read it again, but it's about the adoption. And um, Ephesians 1, uh, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children. And that really is, uh, uh, John Jeffries has talked about it, and, and Dan Riccadelli, it really means, it, it has to do with sonship, it means son placing. It's not like you go get a baby somewhere. <laughs> Uh, it's placing a son, a uh, mature son in the family. Um, and 
uh, it says by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. And, and I, it struck me earlier uh, that it, I, I thought that ought to lift us a little bit, that it's God's good pleasure to do this. Because uh, I just have to tell you that um, I don't know what I have to tell you, but I. <laughs> there are times when you resemble your father, your natural father. And that's not always good. I don't mean all our natural fathers are, are, are wretched. I'm just saying sometimes you, you see things in your own children uh, that you wish you didn't see, um, and I'm just referring to Nathaniel and Maria, okay? Um, but I, I just have to tell you, there's an ache in my heart, there is an ache in my heart, that I have a Heavenly Father that's really an excellent Father. And uh, the thought of being Uh, a representative of that father. The thought of being a representation of that father is uh, sometimes seems so beyond the reach that I've heretofore experienced. <laughs> and I, I encourage, I want to encourage you that it's God's good pleasure <laughs> to, to place sons in his family, genuine sons, conform to the very image of the son, the express image, it says, the exact replica of his character. And um, so I, I, I just wanna say, and maybe I'll say this, maybe I won't preach out of my notes, I don't know, but I, I'll say this, we had a scripture yesterday, was it yesterday, We the Philippians 1, 6, I don't know, was that yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. The communication of your faith and become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing in Christ Jesus. Okay. And I thought how important that first part of the scripture, we talked about the second, and I appreciated some of the things that were said. I, but the communication, the communion, the koinonia, the fellowship of our faith in, in, in God. Uh, the fellowship is so significant. It says... And that's why you find out that's the only reason you can have acknowledgement and a glimpse of the good things, not that you perform, but the good things that God himself is his pleasure to bring forth out of us. And, and um, I, I think it says, the scripture in 1 John, it says, truly, our fellowship, our, our communication, right? We know that word, the Greek word koinonia. We heard about that a lot over the years. Our, our partnership uh, is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. Truly, that is uh, our fellowship. Truly, that is our, where our communication, that is where our communion must be, with the Father and with the Son. And it is God's good pleasure for that to come about. But I have to say, it is so disguised at times. 
I, I don't know if that's your experience. That's my experience. It is disguised. And uh, there's a bunch of scriptures. And, I, I, you know, it, it, I won't read them. I'm trying to, I really am wanting to, to circumcise this. But it, in Psalm 42, it says, you know, it says, you know, why art thou cast down, O my soul, hope in God? It says, it's a couple places. It, it's interesting. It says, they say, they say, where is thy God? They say that. And then it goes further down. It says, well, first it says, continually they say, where is thy God? And then it says, daily they say, in verse 10, and you can look it up later, do your own Bible studies. Daily they say, where is thy God? And I thought, that, that's, that works in me. Where is and it's not just like, where is he? It, but where is he? Because what is a, the great significance is that, that you and I are a representation of a heavenly father. And, and that has to be personal for me in my life. It must be personal for you in your life. Are you a representation of that father? And, and um, it, it, how... Continually, you know, daily, it's a voice saying, where is thy God? I mean, who do you think you are? You know, I, I have made it a point over the years not to tell people what I believe. <laughs> I mean, there's a few stumblings I've had. I'm not an evangelist like, like Brother Bill. Or I, I think he's an evangelist. At least he, he's, he talks to anybody. And uh, Tony Cobb was another guy who's an evangelist. Tony Cobb could not speak Spanish worth a lick. I mean, better than me, but I'm saying not good. And I was with him on a plane, and I look over, and he's talking to a couple that only spoke Spanish. And within a few minutes, they have tears coming down their cheeks, and he's sharing the gospel, and there's a conversion going on in the plane, and I'm thinking, what? I had, a, I had this one, I've had a couple experiences. I'll tell you about one. I was on a plane, and sitting next to a young lady, and she said to me, I don't even know how we got to it, because I don't talk to people on planes. And um, she told me she was starting to teach a Bible class on peace. And I just, the holy something came upon me. And I just was inspired to tell her the, the story of Phineas putting the spear through the two, the Midianite prince and the, 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 the girl from Israel and the spear while they're <laughs> fornicating. I, and I just was waxing eloquent. I wish it was taped because we could just play it tonight and you'd be so edified and built up. She was so edified and I ministered so much peace as I'm waxing eloquently, I noticed to check my audience and she was sound asleep. And then when the plane stopped, we got up and man, did she avoid me like the plague. Like she just went right, like this guy's a nut job. I don't know what got into me. I, I, I just, like I don't know why I felt the need to do that. I, I still get a little embarrassed talking about it. Like, I mean, but uh, there are those. Uh, 
you know, you got doubts and, and I try it because it's not because I, I, I mean, I don't mean I haven't shared Christ with people when they ask, when they make me at gunpoint. But it's just that uh, I don't, you know, I think what the ache in our hearts is not that we can talk about it some more, but that we're a demonstration of it. That there isn't, there isn't just, we've got another doctrine to share. This guy is really an anointed preacher. This person over here really is charismatic. It's none of that. I watch things on, uh, on TV where there was a guy ministering. And that guy was so powerful and so charismatic. I had a born again experience again. I almost, he was demanding that we walk down the aisle and I was getting up off my chair. I was walking right into that television screen because he was so charismatic and so powerful. But let me just say this, that doesn't mean anything really. What is really important is, is that you and I become a representation of our father. Son placed as a son. This in fact. Is my son. In whom. I am well pleased. But I have doubts. Where is thy God? I, I, you know I, I pray for the right message. When I know I have to speak. But you know what's bothering me more? What comes out of me? Not the message. I got messages. I, I'm going to read something really cool a little, in a few minutes. And you'll really like it. And maybe it'll help the message. And maybe somebody will be inspired. But what is important is what actually comes out of me. Isn't that what your heart aches about? That what comes out. And... Um, I want you to know we're in good company. When, when Elijah and Elisha transition, uh, and Elisha keeps following Elijah, and Elijah says, wait here, he keeps following, wait here. And, and the first thing that happens when Elijah is taken up in a chariot, he has the mantle fall on him, and he, and he gets to the water, and he slaps it. And you know what he says? Where is the God of Elijah? And that helps me. <laughs> I'm glad that's in there. Because he had to find him too. He, he, he had to find him in himself. He's, he wasn't, he's saying, look, I really appreciate what Elijah has done. But where is here? And, um, and, and you know, it says in the Bible that um, it's not what goes into a man that defiles him. It's in Matthew 15. But it's what comes out that defiles him. Because, you know, I thought, how, how much do I just, how much do we or I or just um, declare, and not, and not, and nothing big and bad, just how much do I just declare the natural, the continuance of the natural man? Just the continuance of the natural man. Just the continuance of my natural opinion, the continuance of my tradition, or you know, uh, what I what I do here around here. Uh, you know, it's what comes out because it's an it's an evidence of what's the communion that's going on inside. If I'm in communion with the Father and the Son. 
what comes out is life. You know, it says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but such as is good for edifying. Okay, okay, I'll do that. I'll start tomorrow, tomorrow morning, first thing. And, and you and I, we can't, we know we can't just produce that because we say nice things. People say nice things, but I get sick and tired of nice things. Like, because you say a nice thing, it's mistaken. Because what really, there was a difference when Jesus spoke. Isn't, wasn't there? It said when Jesus spoke, uh, it came out with authority and power. And, and it's even in the Bible where they say, yeah, well, well, one of the places it says, this is a funny line. It's in Luke 4.36. It says, he's, he's preaching, he says, what a word. Everybody say that in, in a service. Have you heard that over the years? What a word. I mean, there was a guy in Lubbock, and bless his heart, he he, maybe Diana remembers. Is Diana here? Remember that guy? Yeah. He amen just about anything and everything. Well, he, he certainly, you know how we talk about children, little children finding their voice when they're first learning to talk? He certainly found his. And what? If you ever, it is amusing to me, and I'm sorry I lose my focus in the service sometimes, but it is amusing to me to note what people say amen about in a vigorous way. And praise God, they pressed the crown of thorns down on his head. What a word! Okay. But the difference was here, they said, what a word, because he spoke with authority and with power. You know what I noticed as a parent? There is no, there is no uh, replacement for genuine authority. I mean the authority of the Spirit of God. You can have firepower and noise and uh, frustration and anger, but ineffective. I don't mean you, you know, you can get a kid to move out of fear because fear of, you know, it's like what Ariana said one time. <laughs> she said... She goes out in the kitchen to her mother. We lived at the shop. She was little. She said, Mom, Dad looks like he wants to kill some of us. <laughs> <laughs> and so for weeks on end, I practiced that face. Wow, how, what did I do? Could I bring that back? Because <laughs> I got a response, right? But there's no replacement for the, for the genuine <laughs> reflection of someone in communion with the Father and the Son. And they said, he's not like the scribes. <laughs> that was kind of a cut, right? He, he's different than the scribes. When he speaks, there's something of substance. Something comes out of him. And can I tell you, that's got to be the ache in your heart and my heart. Something comes out of us because of the communion going on within us because God has access to us and we are looking for that input of the Spirit of God. And it's the most uncomfortable thing that you and I walk through, I believe. We, you know, we, we talk about, we mistake the presence of God working inside for feeling good like we have at times in a praise service. And I'm not negative about prayer. I like praise services, please. And I like the, the, the peace sometimes that's ministered or, or whatever is ministered. 
But the presence of God is a is a frightening uh, is a frightening uh, effect on us because He is really he, he is such a good Father. He knows exactly how to intersect intersect us. And I, I trust you lay in bed and, and sometimes the Spirit of God you know, comes to you and, and you say, why, Lord, I wish I could take that back. I wish I hadn't said it like that or I got to make this, or whatever. God is a good father and is desirous to, to, to work on you. It, it says of his own son in Isaiah 53 that it, it pleased the Lord to bruise him. And he brought him to grief. And I thought, oh, man, Lord, help me with that. Because I am so afraid of grief. Lord, help us not to be afraid of grief. Because we come to grief over... It, it, it says... In, uh, I thought, well, what, what do we grieve about? Well, it says you, in Amos 6... You don't have to turn there. It says, they've gone through all the motions... You know, they play instruments and they, they, they do this and they do that and they, you know, uh, their traditions. And he's talking about the house of Israel and all, of, all the exercises they went through. But they don't grieve over the affliction of Joseph, it says. And that word there means the breach. And I think that is where, that is really, you want the single most important prayer request in this room. And that is the breach between what God has pleasure to bring forth and where we are and the ache in our hearts. Lord, bring this forth. That God is, that is the place that God wants to bring us. And I, and I am, I don't, I'm not standing before you and saying, I am, I am so grieving. Uh, but I have to tell you, there is an ache in my heart for that actually to come forth that God desires to bring forth. That I grieve over the distance. I grieve over the breach at times for what comes out of me. And, and, and not so that, it, because that's where my problem is. Because of, of, of communion with my own soul. It says you found the life of your own hand. That's, maybe I'll read that. That's such a powerful verse in Isaiah 57. Uh, 10, I think. Yeah. Thou, Isaiah 57, 10. Thou art wearied in the greatness of thy way, yet you didn't say there's no hope. You found the life of your hand, therefore you weren't grieved. And that's why, that's why I say don't. We go to other stuff out of our souls and to find some form of life or coping or, or management or... Or, um, you know, diversion, distractions. Um, I, I often say, don't overestimate the value of shallow. <laughs> you know, I mean, like I, I joke about if you watch the, I don't watch, if you watch a highlights of a football game, they'll pan the, the audience and, you know, you, or the crowd up there. I mean, like sometimes there's like 90,000 people there. 90,000. And they're acting as if it means something. It's a good test you can do. Yeah, they, yeah, their bodies are painted and, and they should have shirts on and they don't. And, but, um, you, you know, you think about the, the meaninglessness of it, you know. And um, I, I'm not, if you, I'm, 
I like to watch any kind of sport conflict, but, but I do know it's meaningless. And I did, I've tried this test. Sometimes you, you want to watch a, a, a highlights of, of some game, and it doesn't even matter if it was 10 years ago, or eight years ago, or five years ago, or yesterday. It's all the same. Yeah, it doesn't, oh, these guys won, praise God, you know, or um, it, it doesn't matter. It, it's me, because there's no meaning in it. I mean, they're, they're, I mean, I'm very impressed with the performance of athletes and what they can do with their bodies is like amazing to me, how they leap and run and do all those things and, uh, you know, like in an amazing way and uh, that they have that ability. But really, it's, it's meaningless. Like next, in, in a number of years, all the names are forgotten. They are. I mean, there's a couple that hang on, you know, right? And they get to the Hall of Fame. Okay. I mean, I'm just saying, they, you get, it, it's, it's futility. It's just uh, the promotion of the natural man over and over and after year after year and generation after generation. Um, but there's a, there's a beautiful thing about where it says, it pleased the Lord to bruise him, and he put him to grief. And I, I'm going to read that. I didn't turn to it, but it's just a few chapters back. 53, I think, of Isaiah. I think you're doing really good because listening quickly, because this is, I'm coming in. I'm circling. But Isaiah 53 um, He was, you know, oh, you know, we, he took upon him. It says he was taken from prison and from judgment. Who shall declare his generation? Uh, he was cut off. He made his grave with the wicked. This is Isaiah 53. Verse 10. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt see his, when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And listen to this. The pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Do you know why God puts us to grief? Because his intention is that the pleasure of the Lord would prosper in us. What's the pleasure of the Lord? To place you as a son. You, do you get that? He puts us to grief so that the pleasure of the Lord would prosper in us. You understand why we... I was so... Moved by, uh, because I've been thinking about it, I was so moved by what Verna said the other day. Because she said, you know, Lord, this again? I, I don't know if you all heard it, but whoever was here, this again, because that's what I have said. Again? Here I am again? And um, I, I did, now I'm going to read something really fancy, okay? And this is uh, Tios and Sparks. In January 8th, day by day. We really must be in a position to say, I've been crucified with Christ. Yes, but also to complete the statement, it is no longer I, but Christ. Is it true, no longer I? No I? That is what Paul meant. But who, and this is what I wanted to get to, who can know the depth of that eye? That's what really uh, 
jumped out at me about all of you. No. <laughs> I can only be serious for so long. <laughs> Who can know the depth of that eye? I mean, I have never woken up in the morning and said, Oh, Lord, help me to be self-centered. Bring it forth. But it's come out. Yeah, one time I experienced it. It was just really something. Can I tell you the greatest failing of a parent? I've read, a, read it in a book, so I know it's true. The greatest failing is self-centeredness. And the greatest attribute of our Father is that His love, His love is directed toward us when we're in a wretched condition with no necessarily guarantee of some return that He's going to be loved back while we were enemies. And my love, I, I want them to be everything in its place. You know, I want, I want them to be a good representation of our household. I want, you know what I mean? The depth of I. <laughs> and it says, only Christ knows how deep and thorough his cross is. Right. Right. And that's why Verna said, this again? Yeah. And that's why I say, this again? I apparently don't know the depth of the eye, though I think I, I, I've come, become acquainted. And further, perhaps I don't know the depth of the cross that must be working in my belly to get rid of the eye. So the grief, I believe, is because we see the deficiency of what still comes out of us in light of where God wants to take us and make us. It says of Jesus that the first Adam, in this in 1 Corinthians 15, the first Adam was made a living soul. The last Adam was a life-giving spirit. Do you know that that is what God is making out of us? Life-giving spirit. Spirit, so that what comes out of us, because of his operation in us, what comes out of us is life. And it's eternal life. It says, so this is what I want you to do. When it's this again, do what it says in Zechariah 9.12. Turn to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. The word turn there, if you look it up, it means again. Again. And it has to do with repetition. And then I want to close in Psalm 80. And I think this is less than 30 minutes, so some of you are really praying. Psalm 80. When you are being put to grief... When you are saying this again, Psalm 80. Yes, 80. Psalm 80. It says this three times. 
Turn us, verse 3, again, O God, and cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. 7. Turn us again, O God of hosts, and cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Verse 19, the last verse. Turn us again, O Lord, God of hosts, cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Don't be afraid when God's putting us to grief. It's so that the pleasure of His hand, or the, His pleasure prospers in Him, with us. It's His pleasure to place you as a son. Please be encouraged. No matter what it seems like, no matter how many times you get whispered in your ear, where is your God? Turn me again, Lord. <laughs> Cause your face to shine on us, Lord. This again, Lord. Turn me again. Amen.